All right, passage for the day. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, Man, I got to tell you, I love this passage and I hate this passage all at the same time. Uh, And I got to be honest, you're going to hear me confess a lot this morning. Uh, I I had no idea what I was supposed to write for this message. Like this passage, I'm I'm just going to wrestle with it. You know how we talk about how we wrestle with scripture a lot? Let's just wrestle wrestle with scripture today. So uh, what I want you to do after this is go and read Ephesians because it's going to be good. So... um, but let me talk to you about what I've sort of come up with, with with this. And what I've come up with when I think about this passage is, is this. What have you done that makes you cringe, like cringe, that, that you almost feel guilty about? What have you done that makes you, that, that sort of sticks with you, that makes you think you're less of a person? What have you done? Take like 30 seconds. Well, I'm not even going to give you that much time. I'll give you five seconds. I, 20 years ago, I got caught smoking weed in a graveyard, and I got arrested and kicked out of school. That stays with me. That makes me cringe. Like, that happened to me. And here I am 20 years later, and I'm still like, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? Like, that still stays with me. What makes you cringe? What stays with you? I think some of us, like, uh, there's been an addiction that has stayed with us, and that, 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 that's hard for us, and we've struggled with that. I think there's others of us uh, who have been abusers. That's a big deal. We've hurt other people. We've been racist. We haven't, uh, we haven't been aware of the kind of privilege we have in the world. We've oppressed others, whether we, we've meant to or not. We've been racist. I, what have you done that has made you cringe? What have you done? I like to call that the thing, those things, those things that we don't want to talk about, the things that we don't want to share with other people, because really, I don't want to share with you right now that I got caught smoking weed in a graveyard and got kicked out of school. I did not want to share that. But you know, what are the things that you don't want to share, the things that you don't want people to know about? I'll call that our shadow selves. Okay, we're good? Shadow selves. We all have the shadow selves, these things, things that we've done that we don't want anybody to know about. And I think when we talk about this Paul passage, right, and he says, do away with your former way of life, I think part of what he's saying is do away with your shadow self. Now, the shadow self is an important self. There are things that we've done that hurt us, right? There's things that we've done that have hurt others, and that's our shadow self. We don't want to deal with it too much. And so I think Paul's doing that. Now, now what I will say is that scripture early on talks a whole lot about shadow self, especially when you read the first five books of the Bible, you're getting a lot of shadow self in there. And I picked one at random, one that I just thought was fun and interesting. So I'm going to read some shadow self scripture. Uh, If a man has sex with an animal, he must be put to death, and an animal must be killed. If a woman presents herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it, she and the animal must both be put to death. You must kill both for are guilty of a capital offense. Thanks be to God. Finally, addressing bestiality at church. It's about time. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I picked this because there's, there's a shadow thing, right? So even in early, with the early Israelites, right? Even with the early Israelites, there are shadow things that are going on, right? And what God says is if you want to figure out how to live your best life, the first thing you do is you address your shadow self. Don't sleep with animals. That's going to kill you. You know, don't do that. Address your shadow self, the stuff that you don't want to tell anybody else about. And so I think the beauty of a passage like this, where Paul says, you know, your former way of life, uh, your former way of life, I think he is talking about some shadow work that we have to do. Um, so here's the thing with the shadow work. 
a lot of times we look at our shadow work. We're not going to do that bad thing. All the bad things they talk about in Leviticus. We're not going to. Uh, we're going to manage our our our, our, sin, our sin issues. Is like what we like to call them. Our shadows, our shadow cells, our sin issue stuff. And once we've done that, we've become mature in Christ. Right. So I can manage my addiction. I no longer smoke weed in graveyards anymore. And so I've managed that. And so I'm mature in Christ. Or I'm no longer that addict or the person that has that problem. It's been managed. I'm mature in Christ. I'm no longer the abuser. I'm mature in Christ. And so we take a look at this, this thing that we've done, this shadow thing that we have, and we are managing it well. And so we're now mature in Christ. Right? That's what we think anyway. American Christianity, uh, if, and I'm going to be a little bit stereotypical here, but American Christianity has, has created some shadow sins that if you take care of those, you're pretty mature in Christ, right? Don't have sex, don't be gay, don't drink too much, you know, believe this way on this thing and believe that way on that thing, right? Like we said, like, now manage those things and, and you're good. Yeah, we're mature in Christ. We have changed our old selves, our old deceitful selves. And again, I think that's partly true, right? Partly true. But if that's all we're doing, I dare say we're being inauthentic. It's not a real Christianity. Now, that sounds like bad news. How, how many of you here are like, um, you like making lists and stuff and checking boxes? Yeah, this is not going to be a fun message for y'all. <laughs> because the thing about it, right, is like, is like, you know, the shadow self-Christianity means we can check boxes, right? It means we can say, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I do this, this is good. And I don't do this, and I'm in. And the people that aren't doing that, those people are out, right? That's what a shadow self-Christianity does. So when we hear Paul, and Paul goes, with regard to your former way of life, put off your old self, you're like, checklist. I put off my old self, I got my new self and I'm feeling pretty good, and I follow the new self or the, the shadow self standards of Christianity, so I'm okay. I'm not doing any of the crazy stuff from Leviticus. I got, I got this Christianity thing down. Right? That's sort of the place we go to. But again, if we go to, it's just the first step. It's inauthentic. My kids, right, I have two kids, and when they were really young, I said to my two kids, I said, hey, kids, don't touch the oven. If you touch the oven, you're going to get hurt. Not only are you going to get hurt, but you're going to get a timeout. And my kids would, you know, they'd be little and they'd sort of walk over to the oven and I'd be like, time out, you have a time out because I told you not to touch it because it's not good, you're gonna get hurt. And now my kids are older, right? And they're older and as they're older, um, they like to watch cooking shows and they like to bake. And so the other day, my nine-year-old's in the kitchen and she opens the oven and I go, no, time out, stop it. And, and she goes, dad, mom told me to put the cookies in the oven. And I was like, no, no, time out. <laughs> Right? And when she's 36, I'm going to do the same thing. You're not supposed to touch the... See how absurd that sounds? <laughs> Shadow self-Christianity is important, but it's the first step. It's telling our kids not to touch the oven when they're two. To continue to say that that is what our former selves or deceitful selves are all about as we get older misses the point. So what is this passage talking about? I'm still wrestling with it because I think there are shadow self stuff and I want our church to work on shadow self stuff and I pray that we're mature in our shadow self stuff. But when we're doing this, I think it becomes, if we're only looking at that, it's an inauthentic Christianity. What makes this authentic? What makes this work? <sighs> this is the part I don't like because I've seen this in myself all week. I say what Paul's talking about here. I think what Paul's talking about is what I'll call the ego self. How many people have heard of the ego before? How many of y'all have big egos? Oh, like the people admit it and it's good. 
<laughs> right, right. Um, ego is your projected self. Ego is the self that you want people to, um, to, to see. It's your, it's your idealized self. Uh, I think, obviously, we talk about this all the time. I think probably one of the best places to see our ego selves is online, right? On social media, we're not really going to give our true selves on social media very often. Uh, and so when I think about ego self, I think about uh, it's the projected self. Who do I want to be? And I think the easiest way to do that, and I know I'm sort of making this a little easier than it really is because it's more nuanced, but what do you look like when you crush an interview? What are you wearing? What did you say? How did they respond to you? Those things are your projected selves, your ego selves. And again, I, I told you I'm going to confess a lot. As I'm up here right now, I can honestly say that five years that I've been up here speaking in front of you, you've never seen my authentic self up here. You've seen my ego self. Because my ego self wants to be articulate. And my ego self wants to speak the right words. And my ego self wants to be liked. And my ego self wants people to like what I have to say. Right? So that's a little weird. In fact, right now, I'm not going to be my authentic self. I'm just going to keep being my ego self while I talk. <laughs> ego self. Your ego self might have all your shadow self stuff taken care of. In fact, the ego self might say, like, all that stuff is good. In fact, I'm projected to be this better thing. And guess what? I live in New York City, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I have a new job that I've started, and this is what I want that job to look like, and this is how I want to describe it. And there's this great energy here, and so I'm going to tap into that energy, and I'm going to say I have all the things that everybody else has, and, and, and so I'm going to spend money that way too when it comes down to money because that's what the ego self, the projected self, tells me that I should do. The projected self is like, I'm the, I'm the best mommy blogger in the world, and you know, my kid gets like six minutes of screen time, and the rest of the time they're creating beautiful art, right? Like that's the, that's the, um, the, the projected self, your ego self. This is who I want you to think I am. And then Paul says, reform yourself, right? Reform. Um, with regard to your former life, put your old self, which is corrupted by deceitful desires to be, be new, throw that away. And what I think Paul is saying is he's saying throw away not the shadow stuff. You can manage that. What's this ego that you got going? What's this ego? I was a teacher. I used to be a teacher. And I taught this kid. He was great. He was a great kid. Um, one of my favorites ever. Good grades, high achieving, fun, like a smart, just, just good to be around. And one day, this kid, for a reason I still don't know, he pulled the fire alarm at our school. And you know when you pull the fire alarm and all that, did you guys have this where like the powdery stuff gets all over you? Does, does this happen to anybody else? When you pull a fire alarm, they want to know who pulled it. So like this powdery stuff comes out all over your clothes and all over your hands and you can't get it off. I, I might have pulled a fire alarm. Um, but yeah, you know, so it, it, this kid has it all over him. And, and, uh, and not only that, but in our school we have cameras. So we all see him pull the fire alarm. It's, we, we see it happen. This really great kid. And we bring him to the principal's office and he goes, uh, we go, did you, did you pull the fire alarm? And he goes, no. And we go, but it's all, you got the powder stuff all over you. You pulled it. He goes, no, I didn't. And, uh, and then we go, well, listen, here's the tape. Here's the videotape. <laughs> and there you are, and you're on it. You pulled the fire alarm. He goes, no, I didn't pull the fire alarm. That's our ego self. We build ourselves up to such an idealized spot now, never we, we pull the fire alarm. This is who we, we're this person. We're, we're not the one that's over here. We're this one, the one that's good and the one that's overachieving and the one that, that's got it all figured out. We're not the, the one with the stuff all over our hands and sitting there in shame. And that's what Paul's talking about when he's talking about our ego. 
self. I was at this conference this past week and I'm in a room with all these really talented, incredible people and we're, we're doing this thing for Christianity. We're, we're creating a new organization that's gonna talk through progressive Christianity what it's gonna look like in the next literally 500 years and we're all excited and somebody says, Jonathan, what do you think about equity? And I'm like, well, and then I start to talk for 30 seconds and I realize I have no idea what I'm talking about and so I go, you know what? I think, I think all I need to do is listen. I think I just need to listen for a sec. And when I said that and stopped, I was devastated. Devastated because I was like, I blew it. I'll never be invited back to another one of these things again. It'll never happen because I wasn't articulate enough and I told people I have to stop and listen and I didn't have anything helpful to say. Basically what happened is I wasn't my ego self. I wasn't my idealized self and I was exposed for that. We have this ego self that says, you know what? If I do get sick, I'm not gonna tell anybody, and if I do tell anybody, I'm gonna feel guilty about it because sickness is the ego exposed. Suffering is the ego exposed. So you ever see online when somebody goes, I'm really sick and I'm sorry I can't get to this thing and I'm gonna lay on the couch, is that okay? We ask permission to be our true selves. It's when our kid is watching, you know, three hours of the iPad and we're laying in bed and we're crying and we're like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. No, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be because this is life. But when our ego self is exposed, there's pain there. It's when we, we come into church and we're like, oh wait, the boxes are all messed up? Like, the I took care of my shadow self and now there's other things going on and it's not black and white, it's actually gray? I don't want to be at a church like that. Just tell me what to believe and make me feel comfortable believing it. That's the ego exposed. What Paul's doing here, I believe, is exposing our ego. He's exposing the self that we, we think we should be. And the beauty of the book of Ephesians is that you get this passage, and the passage says, you know, um, the passage says, you know, you are in regard to your former way of life, put off your old self, right? That's, that's what it says. And then the, the thing is, if you read it, the first three chapters, first three chapters, it's incredible. It's incredible. The first three chapters are basically Paul saying, you are loved, you are worthy, you are loved by God, Jesus loves you. Like, it's, it's Paul, like, sort of, hitting people over the head, going, you are, and so because you are loved, so because you are worthy, so because Jesus loves you, throw off the ego. Get rid of it. You don't need to impress anybody. You don't have to have your idealized self figured out. Throw it away. And it's this idea that, that, that you know, God doesn't love us uh, because we work hard enough to be worthy. God loves us because we're already worthy. That's what the Bible's telling us. That's what Paul's telling us. You know what I think is the hardest thing for God to do if I was God? Which, uh, you know, I'm pretty close. But if I was God... I think what God is doing up there is he's going, you know, God is saying the hardest thing for me to do is to give away me. The hardest thing for me to do is to give away myself to you because I love you and I care about what's going on and you are worthy and we're all sitting here and we're all going, hold on, I got to put my ego self on. Uh, and when I put my ego self on, that's when you're going to love me the best and God's face palming. And God's going, no, that's not true. I already, be vulnerable you know, be yourself, be broken, be the failure. And when I went to um, this conference and I came back and I was just sitting there going, what have I done? I'll never be invited back again. This really kind woman who is wise and who has been around a lot, she came up to me and she said, that was the smartest thing anybody in this room has said. I need to stop and listen for a minute. And she stroked my ego, of course. <laughs> but it made me realize, it made me go, 
I think, I think the real win is just vulnerability. The real win is just being broken. The real win is just being who I am. The real win is telling people I don't have it together and not asking for permission. Just not having it together. The real win is saying maybe I don't have the money to go out and buy six, you know, $15 drinks, right? And I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna give my money towards better things, towards other things. Maybe the real win is saying, yeah, my checklist is a mess. It's an absolute mess, and that's who God made me to be. And maybe it's simply saying, you know what? I've asked help for my shadow stuff. I've asked help for the, the actions that I struggle with. And now in my church community, I'm going to ask for help with the fact that I think I always have to project this way. And that's not my false self. That's not myself either. What does your false self look like? I think this is the good news. I think the good news of Ephesians is that Paul's saying there is a new self. And your new self is not the shadow thing that's been managed and been okay. And I invite you, if you're here today, if you have shadow issues, issues like addiction issues, issues that are, that are causing you sin, that are causing you to hurt yourself or other people, yeah, this is a great place to solve that. Let's work on it together. Let's hold one another accountable. That's a great first step, right? When we're young in this, we don't want to touch the stove. But here's my bigger challenge to you today. My bigger challenge to you today is to throw away your idealized self. Throw away your ego self. Who are you? Confess who you are right now. Say, I am not the person that has it all together. I'm not the one who's killing the interview. I'm the one laying in bed under the covers while my kid watches five hours of iPad. I'm that one. I'm the one who's sick and needs to lay on the couch and it's okay. I'm the one who doesn't have the money. I'm the one who, who, who still struggles. And guess what? That is the best place for us to meet God. That's where God wants to meet us. For every time we have that little voice that says, but I'm not worthy, but I'm not worthy. God, who is the ground of all existence, right? God's going, yeah, you're not compared to me. But I've never, ever once cared. And I show you that through Jesus Christ, who doesn't come in some big ideological, you know, egocentric kind of way, but he comes as the least of us to serve us, to die for us, so that we are worthy. As we take communion, let's confess our ego selves. What's the thing that we're, what's the mask we're putting on? What's the thing we're hiding behind? Let's just come as we are. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for people that are here today. And thank you that we have you. Thank you for the unlimited grace that you give us through Christ. Think about the fact that we, thank you for the fact that we don't have to be anything but what we are. Thank you for that. And God, I want to pray especially for people today who are struggling with shadow self-addiction and shadow self-pain and behavior, that they'd be willing to ask for accountability to be healed. But I pray for us who are struggling with other things, with, with wanting to be what we're not, with not believing in our true selves. And that's a harder thing for us. And so I pray that we would hold one another accountable for that too. I pray this in your name. Amen.